The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. and welcome to a special edition of Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. I'm Shannon Penrod, and Nancy Allspot-Jackson is on assignment this morning. I can't wait till next week when she can come back and tell us. Uh, she is visiting a guest that we've had here before on the show, Maristem. So uh, she's actually gone and is visiting that particular site, and, and we're going to wait to hear back what she thinks of it. So we're really thrilled about that, but missing her today. Uh, but I'm here and we are going to be with you for this next hour talking about autism and we hope that you will tune in to some of the different ways that Traven is showing you right there including autism-live.com and we want to hear from you we want to know your thoughts your feelings your questions and your concerns we've got a great guest that's coming up a little bit later on but you know on Thursdays, I don't even know what Deezer is. That's how old I am. I just like to show that. I don't even, somebody's going to have to explain to me what Deezer is. Because um, I'm a geezer, so I don't know what Deezer is. There we are. Um, okay, but uh, so there I am, s.penrod at autism-live.com. Uh, it should just say old lady who does not know and is not hip. Uh, there we have it, Shannon Penrod. There it is. Uh, it says there. Uh, okay, so uh, on let's on days on Fridays when we're here for Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy, we like to cover some news stories for you to let, let you know some things that are happening around the world. So uh, one of the first things, very controversial, uh, want to know your opinion about it. In New York State, the Department of Transportation has issued a new sign that can be placed in a neighborhood that's uh, that says there it is child with autism so we've seen before when you're driving in a neighborhood and it'll say you know deaf child blind child just to let drivers know so that they slow their roll literally slow their roll um, but now for the first time they've added this to the repertoire that a family in upstate new york can request this and they're saying that you can ask your, now that it's there and that it's in one state, you can ask your local town or city if you would like to have one of these. Now, it's a little controversial, and already, you know, in the last few days since this happened, I've had conversations with a wide variety of people, and everybody has different feelings about this, you know, because some people say, well, that's just a sign for a predator to start looking for that child. And, you know, I don't have an answer for that. I think it's case by case, and that if you have a child who elopes, then 
you and and had let's face it the number one cause of death for autism is children who elope from their home and drown and the second is being hit by a car while they elope so if that is your child and you are concerned about that you would want to get a sign you want to shore up your other safety things and make sure I don't know, have a neighborhood watch thing or something. I don't know. But uh, check your Mandy's Law. Make sure that if there are people in your neighborhood that you should know about. Um, but there are people all over the world that we should all know about, right? We got to be extra, extra careful. And, and we have to be concerned about the cars as well. So check it out. If it's something that you want, you can request it for your child. And if you feel that it would, would be more of a hindrance to your child's safety, then simply don't request it, right? Uh, okay, uh, another very interesting study that comes to us from fiercebiotech.com. There are two studies in the last uh, little brief little period of time. Uh, it was last week that two separate research teams came forward and said that they were shedding light on autism and that it was about proteins um, that and that it may affect how we want to treat autism in the beginning. Now, I found, you know, we read these all the time and a lot of time I don't get them, but these two make sense because of all the research that we've covered before. So first of all, scientists at the Gladstone Institutes were looking at originally, because I was like, like, how did this study start? So originally they were looking at the connection between Alzheimer's and seizure activity, right? So they were looking at those two things and they discovered this protein that's in the brain that's called tau. T-A-U, tau, and that, um, that when you reduce the lever, level of tau, and by the way, this was in mouse models, um, that it not only reduced the number of seizures in people, but there were also autism-like behaviors that it reduced. It reduced uh, repetition, difficulty socializing, and impaired communication in the mouse model. Now, I wish Nancy Allspot Jackson were here because she said years ago um, when her husband was ill and, and dying, he needed care. And for a brief period of time, he was in a memory center and because that was the only thing that was available. Um, he didn't have a memory problem, but he was in a place where all these other people had memory problems. And she said, Shannon, I just like, I can't, I'm stunned because she was there a lot. And, and visiting him and spending, you know, a substantial portion of her day there. And she said, it's eerie how um, much the Alzheimer's in the seniors resembles autism. And she goes, it's so bizarre that we see the kids, you know, that this comes on and, and then they have these difficulties, but it's the same with the, the seniors. And she said, I hope somebody is looking at that. Ta-da! So, um, so what they've seen is that uh, if you reduce the level of tau in the brain, that a lot of the things that present as autism in the mouse model, obviously we need to get to human trials, um, that as, as even a 50% drop in pro, uh, protein levels can pretty much uh, turn these things around. These particular, again, repetition, difficulty socializing, and impaired communication. By the way, those are the three categories that define autism. So um, they also, as if this was not enough, this was really exciting, uh, they went on to discover that reducing the tau levels actually boosted something called P10 and that when P it's an enzyme um, that actually uh, helps to uh, 
tamp down the effect of tau. So that when you reduce the tau, the P10 goes up and then the P10 moderates the tau. So um, they're looking for small, they're hoping to develop small molecule drugs that will either reduce tau or boost P10. I can't wait to hear more about that. Okay, and then in the other study, which comes to us from MIT, Massachusetts, let's talk, Massachusetts Institute of Technology and Brown University working together. Uh, they are looking at the Shank 3 protein, which we have covered before on the show. Shank 3, um, when, we're, when you're lacking it, so tau you have too much, but Shank 3, if you don't have enough of it, then it can make you overly sensitive um, in the mouse mo model, it made them sensitive to the touch of their whiskers, hypersensitivity to light, noises, and other stimuli, um, and they are relating that to autism. Uh, so in any case, they have seen that there are certain people whose brains do not develop shank three and that those individuals tend to be on the autism spectrum. So they're looking for a way to, um, increase shank three and help um, to lower that sensory sensitivity. Isn't this fascinating? I find it fascinating. I'm, those are two studies I'm actually very excited to hear about what happens with them once they move out of the mouse model, right? Uh, okay, and then our last uh, article for today that I wanted to take, talk a little bit about, uh, this is an article that Nancy Doyle uh, wrote for uh, diversity and inclusion. And um, was really interesting. The title of it is Hiring Autistic Male Coders, Neurodiversity Inclusion or Exploitation. Now, I was a little disappointed because I felt that that title was a little bit off topic because it made it sound like, oh, if we're, if we're specifying that a job is for... Um, for individuals that are um, neurodiverse, um, is that some, in some way exploiting what their talents are? And I thought, well, I'm not going to be against that. But the key here is that it's male coders, neurodiversity, inclusion, or exploitation, because it goes on to talk about the fact that we're not playing to women's strengths and that um, one of the things that I thought was really fascinating was that in one study where they just were looking at how women perform on math tests, nothing to do with hiring or anything like that, but a math test. And math is definitive, right? Like there's a right answer and there's a wrong answer. Um, and when women were asked to put their name on the top of the math test, they performed they performed poorly, uh, more poorly than they did if they weren't asked to put their name. So if they weren't asked to identify that they were a female, there was something psychologically about that that allowed them to perform better. And this article talks about how women are being disregarded from the beginning of any process, whether it is autism or other, I'm rolling my mic here, sorry. Um, so I, I just thought that this was really fascinating. And I think it's a, a good read, especially if you have a daughter on the spectrum or if you are a woman that is on the spectrum, to take a look at what she's calling out and saying, hey, you know, that there's systemic um, exploitation uh, and and non-inclusion of women and that we need to turn that on its head and have systemic inclusion and that it should be across gender. So there you go. And again, that is Nancy Doyle, diversity and inclusion. 
Um, okay, and her argument is that your hiring practices should be as diverse as your clientele, uh, which, hey, I'm, I'm with you, Nancy. Okay, uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we've got a great guest, Ben Hartrenft. I'm going to hope that I said that right. He's 21 years old, and he's done some pretty amazing things. He was the Philadelphia Eagles Autism Challenge ambassador and even got to be on the Ellen Show. So he's going to talk to us a little bit about his life and what that was like coming up after these messages. Stick with us. Welcome back to Autism Live. We're very excited to welcome for the first time on our show a very uh, wonderful and unique young man. Ben Hartranft is with us. He, Hi. There he is. Hi, Ben. And that is his Hi, mom, Sandy, who's there with us. Welcome to the show, you guys. Uh, ben, uh, we're really excited to have uh, you with us. And I want to start by talking a little bit about your family. Describe your family to us. So I have two brothers. Uh... One is 27, and one is 20. It's going to be 25, and they do not have autism, and they are. They work at. Um, one works at Prudential, and one works with me. Wonderful. And now, Ben, you identify yourself as an individual on the autism spectrum. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Um, and I want to talk with both of you a little bit about how, when you were diagnosed and, you know, what that was like. You want to start? I'll start. So, you know, when I first found out when I had autism, I said to my mom, I want to take my autism and wash it away, like take it out and just wash my brain away. So now today I just want to advocate for people, talk to people and try to and promote autism awareness and take to, take it to the next level. I love that. How old were you when you were diagnosed, Ben? So when he was about 18 months old, we thought he had a hearing issue because he wasn't responding to his name. And we took him to the hearing doctor and everything was fine. And we just kind of checked that mm -hmm. box. And nobody ever said, you really should keep looking into this because there's some reason why he's not responding to his name yeah. and um, when he was two we just didn't think he had enough words yeah, exactly and so we took him to uh, to speech therapist Miss Paula Barson taught me how to talk yeah that's really and, when we first got her and diagnosis. today I just talk and talk and there's no off button on me Actually, I love it on me I screamed 11 times on a roller coaster. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So um, what kinds of things, when, when you were a kid growing up, what kinds of things were particularly hard for you? Um, making friends, you know. Today, we, we, when we talk about Ellen DeGeneres, we talk about being kind to one another. And if you see somebody alone, join them. That's what I would do. If you see somebody be unkind, stand up for them. If you see somebody... Um, if you see somebody that didn't get invited somewhere, invite them. Well, wonderful. And, and mom, for the other moms who are watching who can relate, what you mentioned before that he wasn't talking as much, um, what other kinds of things were you seeing that uh, when he was a small child with autism? Yeah, so when he was really little, I'm so locked in on the speech, I kind of missed some of the other symptoms. He was the youngest of three boys. We had a really busy household, and I just knew he didn't have enough words. And so I was one day standing at work, and the speech therapist was standing next to me, and I said, do you do speech therapy for kids here? And when she asked why, um, I told her, and she said, oh, no, no, you have to talk to the intermediate unit, which is the provider in our um, area yep. that works for younger kids that aren't in school yet. And they came out and did an evaluation, 
And when they finished that evaluation, I was just blown away because he was delayed in gross motor. He was delayed in fine motor. Mm -hmm. Everything was behind, and it was so much bigger than what I saw. So I was very thankful for that comprehensive evaluation um, and the services that we were able to start right away. Well, and what kinds of services? Because, you know, people are going to look at you, Ben, and they're going to go, you, you're remarkable, and we're going to talk about some of your achievements in just a minute. But parents are going to start writing in right now saying, what kinds of things did you do that Ben is so great? Uh, so yeah. what, what did you yeah. do? So back then, when you said what was hard, everything was a safety issue back then. I mean, he would just run out the door. He had no sense of, um, you know, boundaries. He had no sense of safety outside. So it was just if and, we couldn't see him or uh, hear him, we had better find him. And now today's technology is like you you can have trackers on iPhones, yeah. trackers on yeah. people, wristbands. I mean, today people are certified certifications on autism certified yeah. stuff. So there was a lot of things that weren't available back then. Mm -hmm. um, but the first services that we put in place were from the intermediate unit, and they took them to a program that was um, run by Easter Seals. And for two and a half hours twice a week, I went with them to that program. And I was so grateful for that because I got to see how the different educators and teachers worked with him. And then I would try to take that things home and, and do it at home. And then we put him on the list for speech therapy, which took six months to get um, a private speech therapist mm -hmm. in our area. And they did physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy, all of this program. Um, and it was great to have all that in place. Well, and you, from what I've read about you, Ben, you've had, um, you've got a, a tight-knit community around you, too, that you, uh, that you attend a church and, and that you yeah. also have worked a job for a really long time. How, wh what job, because I, I hear that you started working a job at 16. What was your job at 16? I worked, started working at Olive Garden when I was 16. And one day I was watching the TV. I was watching the Eagles versus the Arizona Cardinals game. And the phone rang, and it said Olive Garden. And I said, hello, is this Ben? Hi, yes. Can you come in for an interview? I accidentally hung up on my manager, and I had to call him back. And I said, oh, I'll come in for an interview. And I've been there ever since. You know, I started doing salad, then doing breadsticks, then busting and hosting. They've been so great to me. I'm a huge, Olive Garden's a huge blessing for me, and all the managers are great. Now, how did you even, did you apply for a job at Olive Garden, or they already knew about it? You did? I did. And, and who got you to the point where you said at 16, I'm going to, was that something that mom did or did they teach you that at school? My, bro my brothers and uh, my, my people at school, like, I, I really think you need a job. And I, if my brothers got a job, I wanted to get a job. So of course. That's what I it was uh, so cool to have that modeling for him because it, he just didn't really see any limitations on himself. If his brothers did it, why wouldn't he? So actually when he was 14, every time he saw a job opening, he would apply, He'd put an application in. So it took two years before anybody reached out and, and um, offered him this job. And then I started panicking because I'm, I wanted to know, would the school support him in that? Because they had, you know, some things going on there. And they're like, no, if it doesn't happen on school hours, we can't help. And then we talked to the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation. And they're like, no, if he's still a student, we can't be involved. Um, but luckily, the organization was really awesome. And they did, you know, it was a perfect job for him to start off with. And they really worked with him well. Mm -hmm. Well, go Olive Garden. And, yep. and go you, Ben, because this is fabulous. I'm sorry? Don't forget the eliminate salad and breadsticks. Yeah, no kidding. Best salad ever. I love the olives. Um, okay. So, um, but then 
you have some pretty exciting things that have happened in your life, including we sort of teased before that you've been on The Ellen Show. Talk to us I about how it all started. Oh, my gosh. So I said to my mom over here, Mom, I'm, I, when I went homecoming king, I want to get on Ellen. Ben, are you crazy? Do you really <laughs> think it's ever going to happen? I'm going to try. So I wrote in, wrote in. I haven't heard anything. Everybody tried. We, she had over 40 people wrote in. One day, we were coming back from Six Flags, get a phone call that said Burnbank on it. And I said, hello? Is this Ben? Is this the Ellen Show? And it was one of the producers. I had to keep a secret for six weeks. I couldn't tell anybody. Wow. Uh, well, you sort of glossed over the fact that you were Homecoming King. How, so what was that like? Homecoming King was great. I told my mom again, I want to run for Homecoming King. And it was in the summer, four years ago, and she goes, well, Ben, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you can win. The Debbie Doubter over here. <laughs> but I love it. I love that he's got these ideas, Mom, and that you're trying to keep him, you know, uh, with his feet on the ground. But doesn't matter because his ideas are panning out. So you were on The Ellen Show. What was that like? Uh, I mean, it was unreal. Um, she gave me universal tickets. She gave me uh, $10,000 for the Eagles Autism Challenge from Shutterfly. And then she also gave me uh, Eagles um, autographed items and Eagles tickets to a game. Okay, so at what point did you become the Eagles uh, uh, Autism... What, what is the name of it? It's the... Eagles Autism Challenge. So Eagles Autism Challenge was started by Jeffrey Worry. His brother is on the autism spectrum, and they want to take autism awareness to action. When they won the Super Bowl, I got invited to go carry the Vince Lombardi trophy at the ring ceremony. I'm using, yeah, at the, at the ring ceremony. So I touched the Lombardi trophy. What was that like? Was that cool? Uh, it was so cool. I mean, honestly, I, my parents thought I was going to drop it. <laughs> is that what your nightmare was, Mom? I was just, oh, that's so precious, that opportunity, an opportunity to be there. So if we take it back one step, we got to a point in our lives where you, you spend a lot of time with guilt. Like, why did this happen? Did I do something? Is there some reason why he has this autism? And then you get to a point where you're like, okay, this is not serving any functional purpose. And so we decided to get involved in research because we thought if there's nothing we can do about what we have right now, maybe we can make a difference going forward. And so we got involved with our children's hospital locally, and Ben did, you know, seven or eight research studies through them. And then the Eagles did that story. And so one day the Eagles, our Philadelphia Eagles, reached out to Children's Hospital and Where said, we, we want to um, highlight somebody on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so they did a, a whole story on Ben. So that kind of started the um, connection there. And then they gave him some wonderful opportunities. And then and then I went up to Jason Kelsey. I don't know if you heard of him. He's, he's the center for the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I work at Darnie Park. And I said, Jason, do you want to go to Darnie Park? I'm in. Are you sure? I'm positive. So we literally met at Donnie Park and we spent four hours in the park together. Mom over here was like, oh, Ben, I really don't know. <laughs> well, it's so good that you know for her, Ben. Uh, <laughs> he tells me that sometimes I hold him back, but I remind him I'm his kite string. So there you uh, Charlie Brown. Charlie yeah, but Brown. he's taking you on a wild ride is what the truth yeah, is. Yeah. And I think question. it's just beginning. I think this is just the beginning of, of the wild ride that is that is going to be <laughs> Ben's life. So, Ben, now, as a result of all of this, you're doing speaking engagements, right? Yes. 
Talk about yeah, where, like what where you do speaking engagements and what you talk about. I do my speaking engagements at different schools. So I did about 40 different schools. And I talk about never let go of your dreams and my um, autism. And I'm going to a couple this week, and then I'm going to a couple um, in April. Wonderful. And so if people want to book you to come to their event, where do they go to do that, Ben? So I actually have my business card on me. Where do we go? Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, you can visit my website, which is right here. Okay, we um, can't see it. Can you read it to us? I'll read it to you guys. Sorry. That's okay. um, so my email is B-E-N-E-R-G-Y, capital E-A-C, at yahoo.com. And my website is my journey. So it's benergy1.wordpress.com. Again, benergy1 at wordpress.com. If you would like to come hear me speak, or if you want to come, if you want to book me, or if you want to just donate to the Eagles Autism Challenge, we can also put my website on there and a link to my donation page. There we go. So spell the website for me again. It's B E N E R G Y 1, the number 1. And then dot wordpress.com. Okay. So that's so and if they go there, they can get to all the other things as well. That's true. Yep. Well, Ben, I cannot wait to see all the things that you do. You're still working at Olive Garden? Yes, I am. And then what's what are you what are your hopes and dreams, Ben? What do you want to do? Uh, I can talk about it. Okay. <laughs> so my next goal is to actually get on Jimmy Fallon, Kelly Clarkson, the Tammy Hall show, Good Morning America, and just talk <laughs> about autism. I really want to get on more TV shows to just promote and just give parents hope. And what would you want to talk about on those shows? Give us the pitch. All right, I would just tell them to never let go of your dreams and to always be successful and to never, ever, ever, ever ask, never, never talk to somebody who has questions. So if somebody has a question who is on the autism spectrum, you can always go up to them and they can have start a conversation. Absolutely. It's okay to ask, right? Yeah. Wonderful. I would like to just give a word of encouragement to parents. One of the things that we found so helpful was um, being involved in things where parents were a little mm -hmm. bit ahead of us on the journey. So Special Olympics, there were a lot of parents, and they helped us navigate the financial organizations and the medical organizations and all the different programming in our area. And then one of the things that's really important in our life is our faith in God. And yep. he always brought the right person at the right time because part of Ben's journey mm -hmm. is we didn't think he would speak, and he brought us just to the right speech therapist who broke that open. And then the schools got to a point where they kind of gave up on Ben and said, oh, he probably is never going to learn to read. And again, God brought just the right person with the right program. And the Talk Institute taught me how to read. So I went from a kindergarten to a second grade reader two years at that school. So God really brought me to, the, to the, that school because that was a huge accomplishment. And I also would like to throw in there about, uh, about God, about the bridge ministry. Mm -hmm. So God has brought me to a great disability ministry at Calvary Saverton. Um, the, my faith helps me through hard times. I love sir, the British ministry is through 20, uh, 35. 35 to 35. So I'm going to say like 15 to 35. And it's a great organization that you can serve 
and the teens and adults pour out their spirits and just God does a lot of things out there and it's very incredible. Because one of the things that happens to families no matter what their faith is, a lot of times they just drop out of organized religion because the um, churches and synagogues aren't very welcoming or they don't really know how to handle it. But the church that we found actually has a person on staff that, that runs their disability ministry and it's really a, an, amazing, um, an amazing organization and we're very grateful. What a wonderful, wonderful story you guys have. It's so inspirational, so and I think it's going to help a whole lot of people. And, uh, you know, I, I love that you're talking, because a lot of people feel disenfranchised by their churches, so I love how you're talking about that. But I also think that that job uh, component uh, is super-duper important, the mm -hmm. fact that you were, you were convinced that you knew you were going to work a job from day one. We yep. have Joanne Lara as a regular on the show. She does Autism Works Now, and she says how important it is for all of us to talk to all of our children and, and ask all of our children, what do you want to be when you grow up? What job do you want to have? And that not a lot of families just assume that their children are not going to work, and this is not this is not the path and we oh, can see go ahead one thing. um and i i got my driver's license uh two years ago yeah and that was life-changing for me because i was uber mommy and so you know we weren't sure if he would drive and we took you know quite a long time mm -hmm. to get it and lots of medical appointments lots of help from different organizations but he's been driving for a year and a half now and it's it's been freeing for him and freeing for us too yep. and that's a real blessing well yeah. you got to tell us who, to, who how did you handle that what were the organizations that helped you to teach him how to drive I'm right there. I have a 16-year-old. <laughs> so we started with my husband, who did the other two He had a full head of hair, and now he doesn't anymore. <laughs> but um, OVR, the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation, actually paid for driving lessons for him. Mm -hmm. And what my husband said was the man who came had a break on his side of the car. So it, yeah. it really helped to take him out on the road because it was safe. Because if, if anything did happen, he could obviously stop the car when needed. And so that really helped. Um, just really taking his time. One of the things Ben did was on his phone, there was an app where you could practice the written exam. So he kept taking the, the test. And I over failed and over six again. times, and then I passed the seventh try. One day I was, one day I went in and I failed, and I cried so hard, and I said, "I'm dad, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore." And then one day I, I, pa I passed, and I went, "Woohoo!" <laughs> and now you're a safe driver. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So uh, ultimately, after you get on all of these talk shows, Ben, what's, do you, what kind of a job do you want to end up with? Do you want to be somebody so, who continues to be a speaker? Work, do you want to work your way up Olive Garden? What do you want to do? So I actually have two jobs that I'm working at right now. I work at um, Access Services, and they help people with disabilities. I help with their social events and stuff. And then I also work at a movie theater Water, and I'm the guest ambassador, so I literally greet guests all day as they come into the door. Like, they're sometimes upset or sad. And that's what I do at Dorney Park as well. I actually go around, talk to guests, and turn the frowns and smiles. And I basically fascinate them if they need help. Or sometimes I give them some prizes like soda cups and a wristband and everything. 
One of the things that we found is he's been able to get a lot of part-time jobs. We haven't really locked into that full-time uh -huh. job. So um, that we called it the adult cliff. We mm -hmm. could finally figure out all the paperwork and everything for school, and then 21 happens, and you're like, oh, wow, all that's kind of useless now. Yeah. Um, so navigating the adult world has been a little harder. We'd love to find him a full-time job. He loves working at Darney Park. Unfortunately, it's seasonal because we live yeah. in a climate not like California. Oh, that's um, right, where California. it snows, so the amusement parks aren't open all year around um so still trying to find that balance he would love to be a full-time speaker but finding enough opportunities there yeah. isn't always yeah op opportunity too ben I i'm going to tell you a, a secret that i don't think i've disclosed here on the show before but my my husband's full-time job that he works he's uh. an actor at universal studios hollywood <laughs> that's uh, great. yeah that's and so he he works in the wizarding world of harry potter um, and, and so that's, it's a union acting job. That's his full-time, uh, job. Something, something to think about. Yeah. So that's, he loves amusement parks. That that's his thing. Roller coasters and amusement parks. So, so has your husband ever met any famous people? Oh yeah. Yeah. We, well, we live in Hollywood, so we all meet famous people. They're, they're around all so, the time. Uh, if the Ellen Show or Kelly Clarkson, I'm going to let you guys know. Oh, please let us know because we'll be happy to tweet about it and share, you know, tell all of our viewers to watch. Ben, we yeah. think that you're incredible. Um, obviously, you know, uh, you're incredible because you've already been on the Ellen Show. My goodness. Uh, I know a lot of people who say that they want to be on the Ellen Show, Ben, but not very many of them get to be on the Ellen Show. So you're clearly doing something right. And we look forward to hearing all the good things that you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, and mom, thank you. What an incredible mom you are. Um, and what a, what a joy and a treat you are, Ben. Well, thank you. Thanks. All right. You guys have a good day. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What an inspirational mom and son. I'm, I'm tossing my sign around because it's so exciting. Uh, so hopefully check out his page and book him to come to your school. For heaven's sake, what a wonderful speaker or for your corporate event. We're going to take a break and then we're going to be back with more of Autism Live. Stick with us. life-threatening aspects of autism. Unfortunately, autism can be a life-threatening condition. There are things that are associated with it that parents need to know about. First of all, there's the risk of seizures heightened in people with autism. There's also the risk of what they call elopement, which means basically running away. Elopement can lead to things like exposure, uh, drowning if they get near bodies of water, and uh, maybe being hit by cars. Being hit by cars is certainly something that seems to be emerging as a problem in people with autism. So what do we do? We have to take certain steps to keep them safe to start. That means at home. Let's look around the home first. Where are your points of entry? Barriers, doors, windows, access to bodies of water, gates, fences. You have to look at school because people with autism can sometimes elope from school or uh, things like that, daycare. 
So you have to make sure that it is written into their plan, wherever they are, that people are going to be responsible. That may include a tracking device. For some people with autism or Asperger's, a tracking device might be useful. It might help people know where they are, so in case someone has taken them a place that they shouldn't be taken, uh, kind of trick them, sometimes you get that happening with your teenagers, or they're just a child that's unable to communicate or speak very well and you need to know where they are, consider that. There's a new generation of tracking devices. It can go on their shoe, can go on their jean, maybe in a cell phone. And I would also add that one of the most life-threatening aspects of autism is sadly being bullied, socially excluded, things like that. That's always happening in people with autism spectrum disorder. People bully them, exclude them. The risk of suicide is unfortunately very high. So do not be afraid to probe, ask uncomfortable questions, see what's happening. Even if they don't tell you, you need to ask other people at school what they know, what they've seen. Even though it's an uncomfortable thing, we do need to be aware that this is a very dangerous situation at times. Be very, very vigilant. Stay upbeat, be positive, and realize no one person and no one family can keep a child with autism safe all by themselves. Get the support you need, look around, be vigilant. It's better to take steps you feel that you don't need too soon than too late. Welcome back to Autism Live. Um, okay, so a lot has happened recently. A couple of weeks ago, we did on the show, I'd gone through all of the disability plans of all of the candidates that were, uh, that had made one available online that were running for the Democratic nomination here in the United States. Um, obviously, that field has changed exponentially. So now it appears, and anything could happen at any moment, but it appears that one of three people will be the president of the United States starting next January and that that will either be you know the president the current president Trump or it will be Joe Biden or it will be Bernie Sanders and I'm referring to disability plans here so uh, I just want to recap a little bit because we um, we are a, a group of people uh, the greater autism community, and by greater I mean, of course, individuals who are on the autism spectrum, which we're going to be talking more about their voting rights, because if you are a person on the autism spectrum, you very likely have voter rights or should. And if you have a child who is uh, 18 or older on, on the autism spectrum, they very likely have or should have voting rights. So important that we all vote, right, no matter who you're voting for. Um, now. Uh, it's important to me that we know about a lot of different issues, right? But we all have different issues that we want to know about. So the one that we have in common is that we want to know um, what, what plans these folks have for individuals who are on the autism spectrum. Um, so uh, we, we covered this before, and, and now the, the field has changed. We should um, say that uh, the president... Uh, the current president does not have um, policies that are issued outside of what the current policies are, right? And we are seeing those policies as they play out. Um, so that we have access to, and we're seeing day to day what, what we have access to. Um, but for the other two, they're proposing new things. And so I just want to go back and show you um, that this is the Bernie Sanders plan. Um, and um, and it is lengthy, double-sided, small print, 
Um, and it starts with, um, I'm trying to see, one, two, uh, two and a half pages that are, that he says right out the gate, um, using executive action to advance disability rights. And he point by point lists a bunch of things that he will use executive action um, very quickly. The great thing about executive action is that, you know, it doesn't get bogged down in committee and it doesn't have to get through the Senate. It just, you know, you, you say, boom. And there are a long list of things here. By the way, on the front page too, he also gives you his key points um, so that you can see, but it's all here in one place as it relates to education. There are many different categories. Um, there's housing, there's education, there's uh, job opportunities, there's health care, there's di uh, discrimination uh, and criminalization of disability, which we all need to be very aware of, that more and more people on the autism spectrum are being arrested and don't have um, the ability, uh, there's a whole category here that's about social justice, don't have the ability or the knowledge or the resources to get support. Um, obviously, there's education in here. Um, housing for all. I mean, this is a lengthy, well thought out. Uh, eliminate medical debt and predatory lending and veterans, um, separate categories there. Digital inclusion, immigration with inclusion. This is all just about disabilities. This is Bernie Sanders' plan. Uh, <clears throat> now, Biden's plan is much smaller. Uh, let's remember that Trump's is not, does not exist anywhere definitively. It's just a living, breathing thing, right? But uh, Joe Biden's folks decided that they would do this in a smaller way, and um, they have their plans. Their disability plan is often segmented off into other plans. So, for instance, they have the plan on education, which is just the plan on education. Then you go to that, and then there is a segment of it that talks about you know, for individuals with disabilities. Um, same thing with, uh, you know, for older people, for long-term care, for health care, as justice, they're all segmented off. And so there's, there's very little here that's just, I have this policy for disabilities. And I want to say to the, the Biden camp, this is not going to work. We need for you to get closer to this if you want us like we, we need to be lobbying um, because this is somebody who may be president. We need to be lobbying and saying, hey, you got the support of uh, Pete Buttigieg. So like he when we went through this, I said the two people who have the best plans that I love Mayor Pete and that I loved Bernie Sanders. They both had things that I liked. And if I could marry the two together, it would make me really happy. So I'm saying to the people in the Biden camp, all you have to do is look to <laughs> to the, the Pete people and say, hey, who the people that you had working on this, can we have them work on this? I'm just saying, right? Um, because I, I don't know who's going to be president. I don't even know who I'm going to vote for at this point in time. But let's get somebody who has really all of this. Let's get it together, fellas. Um, that's what I'm saying. Because if we don't lobby for this, who will? Right? Um, and, and what I have learned over the years is that the autism community is this ginormous, and I started to talk about the greater autism community because, of, first of all, individuals on the spectrum, and they can and should vote, and they have a say in all of this, right? And we want to be listening to them. So all of the self-advocates that are out there, 
First and foremost, we want to know what do you want in the plan, right? But then there is the greater autism community, which is all of the people who care about individuals on the autism spectrum. And that includes the parents and the teachers and the people who do therapy. All of us care about those individuals on the autism spectrum. When you put all of us together, we are a voting block that is seriously fierce and that has the ability to move mountains if we speak in a voice together. Now, we don't agree on all things, right? Um, you know, there are, there are self-advocates who are watching that are, are not a fan of me, right? And I'm okay with that. Uh, let's agree to disagree on a whole bunch of stuff, but I think there's a bunch of stuff we could agree on, like healthcare, like jobs, and like social justice. I 100% think that we could agree on that, and then we turn our megaphone, it's like the Horton hears a who, right? If the whole community went, hey, uh, I think we could be heard and make a real difference here. Um, I will say that there is a, a group within the Democratic Party that works on this and has been working on this for a very long time, even when um, Secretary Clinton was running for office, there, there was this whole commission of people, a task force that was working on disabilities and creating policy, a lot of which we saw um, in, in these reports, um, we're not really seeing it in the Biden report, which I don't really understand. Um, but some of which we saw in the Sanders, some of which we saw in the Warren, uh, some of which we saw in the Buttigieg. Uh, so I, I, I would love for all of the, let's get definitive here. Who's going to support? We, we need this. Uh, that group of people is still working and functioning. And by the way, there are a lot of people who are on the committee. It's not just about autism. It's about all disabilities. And, and the, the leader of the, co the, the task force is someone who has a disability, and I would say over 50% of the people on the task force are, uh, identify themselves as having a disability of one sort or the other. So, uh, and then there are other people who have expertise in different areas. So, uh, I hope I hope they're talking to these people because we need to get policies in place so that we all know what we're doing when we step into that voting booth uh, between now and November, and then most especially in November, right? Um, because it should be something that is of concern to us. So uh, that's what I have to say about that. We're going to take another break, and then we'll come to close out the show. Stick with us. Welcome back to Autism Live. So uh, I, I was supposed to go over the things that we were doing last week. Do you see how I, like, pa pack up all of my papers, and then I never have the paper that I'm supposed to have? Okay. Uh, it's just like when you go to the grocery store. Do you do this? It's an IQ test. Uh, but you take your bags with you to the grocery store, and the first thing that I do is I put my purse in the little part where kids usually sit, uh, and then I put my bags in the bottom of the cart. And then I proceed to put all of the groceries on top of the bags and pile them on top of my purse. So then when I get to the checkout, we have to dig the bags out from underneath the stuff so that we can bag the stuff, and I have to dig my purse out. And I always say, this is an IQ test, and I fail every single time. The other day, I did this at Trader Joe's, and while I was digging my purse out, a bottle of garlic olive oil uh, went, you know, uh, <laughs> over the edge, sh shall we say. And uh, so now my shoes, everything, uh, my shoes smell like garlic olive oil. I guess there are worse things, but... Um, it's an IQ test. And same thing here where it's just like there's one piece of paper you have to have at the end of the show, and I always pack it up before the end of the show. Not winning the IQ test. Here we go. It's an executive function thing. 
Okay, so on the show next week, uh, on uh, next week, yes, uh, on Monday, we've got Bonnie Yates is going to be with us discussing your rights and it's IEP season. So she's got a big show planned for you guys. On Tuesday, we have a best of. I know you're going to love it. On Wednesday, we have Dr. Doreen Grampichet, who's going to be with us answering your questions live. On Thursday, uh, we have uh, the folks from Clarify. They've been on the show before. This is a saliva test. Um, for um, autism that I think you're going to be really excited about. So they're going to be with us on Thursday talking about that. And then uh, next week's Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy, uh, we have Yadira Calderon who's going to be talking about her wonderful, wonderful daughter um, who just competed in a really cool skating contest. And we're also going to have Denise Voigt with us. So that will be a great show. We're looking forward to it. And Nancy should be back um, and she'll tell us all about her trip to Maristem and what she thought of it. So, uh, Trayvon, I have no idea how much time have I got left. Anything I can talk about? Okay, so I've, I've got a couple of minutes here. Um, so I just want to talk about... Um, this month of autism awareness that we've got uh, staring down at us and that some of we've been told by the CDC to expect disruption and it's very likely that some autism events are going to be postponed or even canceled as we see more things um, happening and not happening and I just want to say that it's a wonderful time to investigate all the things that are online. There are a lot of resources that are online. I just, my, my one fear in all of this is that when we put people in isolation, they feel isolated. And that if you are uh, in an area where you're being asked to stay home and your child is being asked not to go to school because of, uh, you know, the novel coronavirus, uh, I, I hope that you will reach out to us here, that we're happy to answer questions. Uh, we're looking at putting on uh, a little bit more uh, time uh, live so that you guys can be interacting and talking with us and talking with others. But I hope that it won't deter you from getting that April boost from uh, that everybody feels when you get your battery recharged and be reminded that A, there's hope, and B, you're not in this alone, right? Um, because you know what I always say here, si se puede, they hold hands, we can do this together, right? Um, so even if you are in a place where you're being asked to stay at home, thank goodness for the internet. And I hope that you will reach out with us here and to all the other support groups that there are. Uh, and I think you'll see that there's going to be an explosion of things on the internet to connect all of us so that none of us feels like we're doing this alone. It already feels that way for autism. We don't need to feel it extra, right? So, uh, if you're, if you've got ideas of things that you want to see while, if you're, uh, being quarantined, write to us, let us know what it is that would be helpful to you because that's really what we're here about, right? And we will get through this. We've, we've gotten through other things. We will get through this. And, um, you know, somebody was saying the other day, it's like, you know, find the, find the pluses in everything, right? And while this is terrible and there are some people who are sick now and, and probably more getting sick, you know, let's, while all that's happening, let's be concerned about that, but let's find opportunities for how we can move the dial forward, how we can help our kiddos, help our teenagers, help our young adults uh, to be more like Ben, right? Get a job and be excited about what's going on. Uh, that's how we all need to be. So 
Stay tuned here, but also be writing into us. Tell us the kind of programming that you would like to see if and when you are stuck at home with your kiddo on the autism spectrum. We're going to be here for you. So uh, that's all for today. Come back later on uh, next week and have a good weekend. Until Monday, uh, give yourself a hug from us and one for your kiddo too. Bye-bye for now.